He don't build a lighthouse to try to, you know, to get the tourists to come and take pictures. Why do you build a lighthouse? You build a lighthouse to warn of danger. They erected these things in what? Stormy seas. They erected these, these, these lighthouses in places of great danger. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn with me back to the book of Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter number 11. We are going to read verses 6 and 7. I really want to hone in on verse number 7 and preach to you on this subject, faith that builds, faith that builds. Uh, you could probably also, um, you know, remember this, uh, this message uh, as we kind of preach to the elements of verse number 7. Uh, by this subject, I wrote in my notes uh, as I was studying this and praying over this, if it's bad, then build. If it's bad, then build. We understand and we are probably getting tired of hearing that um, really the, the last few months of ministry have been, you know, particularly challenging. It's involved uh, thinking outside of the box. It's involved um, having to be sometimes a little creative in ministry. I know that that has been our case in Vernon. We've had to uh, kind of recreate some things. We've had to uh, think through some things. Um, and it seemed like um, kind of in the middle come uh, that fall time, even into uh, the winter months, that for every step we took forward, it seemed like, boy, we had to take two steps back and had to navigate things. Uh, one of the, the funnest times during that was the drive-in services we held. Praise the Lord, we had a large enough parking lot where we would drive people in and I would stand outside and it got cold. And so we had a propane heater keeping the preacher warm and, and uh, we couldn't shout amen like we're, we, we like to do. So we all honked our horns. And I'm glad the, you know, the police showed up and they kind of, what is going on there? Fortunately, they didn't bother us. And uh, boy, if, they, if it was an amen and a hallelujah, it was a honk horn and flash your lights. And so we had a whole signal going on if things got a little excited. But it was challenging. But you know what? As we look at ministry in Vernon or here in Surrey or around the world, I believe that God always honors faith and faith always honors God. When you read the accounts in scripture, uh, we have been studying through the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah had to build and really launch out by faith in difficult times. When you read through the book of Hebrews, particularly chapter number 11, the hall of faith, you find that each one of these men, each one of these accounts that we read involved uh, launching out by faith in times that were extremely difficult, situations that almost seemed um, helpless and hopeless. And yet by faith, these, these men, they trusted God. They said, this is what what God would have us to do, and they stepped forward, they launched out into the deep places, trusted God with the impossible, and when you read these accounts and then you, you follow them um, in the Old Testament, I mean, we just stand in absolute amazement at what God can do when an uh, individual and corporately, we launch out and trust God to do the impossible. And I believe today that the Bible still declares that Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday. He is the same today, and he will be the same forever and ever. 
And so as a church, as we launch out by faith, as we look at the, the, uh, the opportunities that God has in store for us, I want to challenge you today as we look at this faith that builds to be bold in faith, to launch out and say, God, I don't know how this is going to be accomplished. I don't know um, how all the elements are going to come together. But you know what? I believe we serve a big God. That's what verse number six reminds us of. He says, he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And guess what? The Bible doesn't stop there and that he sometimes is a rewarder. No, that he is definite, a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You see, the Glendez family, you're going to start a wonderful journey as you launch out not only on, on some deputation, but as you land there in Porcupine Plains. And you're going to be called upon to launch out boldly by faith and trust God to accomplish great things. Miss Roman, as you head back to Ethiopia and you see the opportunities and the ministry uh, places that you're going to encounter, praise God as we launch out boldly by faith we get to see God do something. And then we, like the psalmist David, declare, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. As we look, and I'm going to drive by this property on 104 and, and just see, wow, look at what God is going to do as a church launches out by faith. But as we look into verse number seven, we're reminded of the man Noah. Now, many times we think of Noah and Jonah and these Bible stories, they go, man, they're kind of kid stories, right? I mean, they're Sunday school stuff. And yet I believe it is so important as we dissect and we look at the elements of the great faith Noah had, I hope that it will encourage us, encourage you, encourage our folks in Vernon, that when God places a burden and a vision upon your heart to truly launch out boldly, and I, I, I love, I believe it was... Um, why no? I can't remember the fellow who said it. He said, launch out in reckless faith for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to notice something if you're in the habit of taking notes. Number one, what was significant about Noah here? As he was placed here in the hall of faith and as he built and he did something really rather incredible uh, for God, saving his family and, and really building a beacon of God's grace. I want you to notice this. What was significant about the faith of Noah? He built, number one, he built in a difficult time. He built in a difficult time. Notice what the Bible says here, by faith. This was something that Noah launched out simply. God told him to do something. God gave him the instructions and Noah said, yes, sir. And he picked up hammer and he picked up whatever he was using and he began to build to the glory of God. If we turn back, let's look back in Genesis chapter number six. Hold your place here. I want you to remember that Noah built during a difficult time. Noah built during a difficult time. Boy, it's hard enough to build in, in good times and in good weather and in good circumstances, isn't it? Seems like, I don't know about you, I'm not a real renovation guy. Um, you know, every time I dive into a renovation, I mean, we're looking at a six-month minimum even for the smallest tasks. I am not a builder. I enjoy building. But building is difficult um, even in the, the best of situations. Noah here built in a time um, of great wickedness. He built in a day of great wickedness. Look at Genesis chapter 6 and verse number 5. The Bible says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. 
and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Verse number seven, the Bible says, and the Lord said, I will destroy man. Verse number eight, we read, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I want you to notice that Noah built in a difficult time. This was a day of great wickedness. I want you to remember something very important from this text though. Bible says there in verse number five, and God saw the wickedness. It wasn't that what was going on in the day took God by surprise. It wasn't like, oh wow, things are really degrading there on earth. God saw the wickedness and yet he commissioned Noah, I want to remind you today that as you launch out by faith as a church, as you launch out by faith and you see these opportunities uh, that God has placed before you, that God sees and understands the difficult nature, He understands the wickedness of the day, but that in no way minimizes the power and the ability of our God to see something great accomplished. We look at the difficulties and we go, oh my, how are we going to accomplish this? God sees it and says, don't you worry about that. I want you to launch out and begin to build. And that's exactly what he did with Noah. God saw the wickedness. This didn't surprise God. And he said, no, I want you to do something. God saw, and this is important, he saw the great wickedness of the day. Notice the adjective there, great. He's describing something. It wasn't just God saw the wickedness. That would be bad. He goes on to say God saw the great wickedness. Not only the day that Noah built, God saw the wickedness, but it was great. It seemed to be compounding. It seemed to be only increasing. I'm reminded of the day and age in which we live in. It seems that way, doesn't it? Seems like every time we open the newspaper, every time we turn on the news, every time there's, a, there's another news story, something else is coming up, some new legislation is being passed, uh, some new bill is being presented, and as God's people we go, wow, not only do we live in a day of wickedness, we live in a day of great wickedness. But God saw that. And he said, you know what? A building project needs to take place. It was evil only. I mean, this is getting worse and worse. Sometimes I wish, boy, I wish it would stop there. It was great wickedness. But not only was it great wickedness, it was evil only. It seemed like there was no good happening whatsoever. But then I want you to notice this. It was great wickedness, evil only, and it was continual. It was a barrage. It seemed like it was non-stop. In verse number 11 and 12 of chapter 6, the Bible goes on to say, The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted the way upon the earth. Boy, as I read that, I'm reminded of Matthew chapter 24. For sake of time, we won't turn there. But you can look it up in and, and, uh, um, and Matthew chapter 24. Uh, the days of Noah, the Bible says, really typify the last days. I believe, according to Scripture, we are living in those days. But as I read that, I, I, I don't want you to be discouraged as these last days, they, they were to mark the days of Noah, were to mark the coming of the Lord. It was a day, as we see in the world in which we live, is to be marked by great wickedness, and it was to precede the rapture. 
I believe that we are in these last days. I believe that, that really uh, today we are one day closer than yesterday to seeing the Lord's return. And there is a need today, uh, Grace Baptist Church, to continue to be faithful, to launch out recklessly by faith, and to be builders in a time of great wickedness. Why are lighthouses erected? Are they there for tourism? I like touring lighthouses. By God's grace, we got to go to PEI. And it was pretty neat. And my wife and I, as we drove down the coast of Oregon, and then we went to PEI, we wanted to see all the lighthouses we could. But I'm going to tell you what they didn't do. They didn't go, hey, let's build a lighthouse here to be a tourist attraction. This will be great. People will come. They'll visit the lighthouse. That is not why you build a lighthouse. You don't build a lighthouse to try to, you know, to get the tourists to come and take pictures. Why do you build a lighthouse? You build a lighthouse to warn of danger. They erected these things in what? Stormy seas. They erected these, these, these lighthouses in places of great danger. And so why, church family, is it important that we continue to launch out, to build by faith? Because Surrey needs a lighthouse to warn of the great wickedness, to warn of the danger that is there, because I'm here to tell you, Jesus is coming. And whether it be in Vernon, or whether it be in Surrey, or Burnaby, or Vancouver, or, or Porcupine Plains, or in Ethiopia, these, these areas, these geographic areas of the world need a lighthouse to proclaim Jesus Christ. Not to build a crowd, not to gain, but to point and to warn. And that's exactly what Noah was doing. He built in difficult days. I want to remind you, he built in spite and despite the impossible. This was an element of the great faith Noah had. As God gave him instruction, he built despite the impossible. Turn back to the book of Hebrews, if you would, and let's look at it. He says, by faith Noah, he trusted God. He built in a difficult time, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. He built despite the impossible. Aren't you glad today the Bible tells us in Luke 1:7, for with God nothing shall be impossible? Think about this. Maybe this is just the way my brain works. Some, some people say it's a little bit scrambled, but that's okay. I think about this. It had never rained to this point. It had never, I mean, they didn't know what this thing was. They had no idea. So here Noah is, he's building this giant ark. It had, it had, it had never rained and, and people were like, what do you mean flood? I mean, remember, he preached a long time doing this, right? I mean, it's not like he, you know, he called in um, uh, subcontractors and contractors and, and how to, I mean, this was him and his family and they were building and they were building and, and, and nobody around him had ever seen this thing called rain. Not only that, nobody had ever built an ark. They go, what are you doing? That is the craziest thing. What, what is that, Noah? And he's like, well, it's an ark. Well, what is an ark? Well, it floats on water. Why, Why would you build something that floats on water? That doesn't make any sense. And then he had minimal workers. I am so thankful for my kids. I believe I've got the best kids in the world. 
They are amazing. But have you ever tried to work with children? I mean, sometimes it can be challenging. Especially, Stephen's my oldest, and he's a, he's a big help to me, but he's a lefty, and I'm a righty. Have you ever tried to work with a child lifting something, lefty, righty? He wants to put it on his left, I want to put it on my right, and we kind of walk around like we're, you know, you know, have a broken back or something. It's difficult. But Noah, he didn't have a great workforce to do this. He didn't have all, all, the, all the tools. He had limited tools. He didn't have DeWalt and Makita. He, he didn't have Kewitt come in with their big cranes. Uh, he, 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 he didn't have uh, shipments of wood coming in. He didn't have Atco Lumber. He, he, he didn't have uh, Interfor. He didn't have any of that. He had minimal workers. He had limited tools. But I'll tell you what Noah did have. He had a great God. You go, uh, Pastor Allen, I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know how we're going to take this next step of ministry. I have no idea how Grace Baptist Church is going to go from here to there. Well, we don't have enough people. Noah had minimal workers. I don't have enough tools. He had minimal tools. He said, I don't know if this has ever been done before. Listen, I'm here to tell you, when you launch out and you trust God to do the impossible, we might not have uh, the, the, the blueprints uh, of, a, of a particular building. We might have a minimal working staff. We we might have limited tools, but what we do have is a God that is in the business of completing the impossible. Right. My friends, we are called to be people of faith. To build against the odds and against the culture. You see, as a church, we need to continue to be, uh, and we need to continue to build in a biblical fashion, not just in a cultural fashion. It is my, my great cry of the day is we, we try to be so relevant, we, we evict God from our presence. We need to understand the days in which we live, and we need to boldly say, God is my helper, in whom I will trust. We need to continue to build as we move forward as a church by continuing to preach a biblical message. And as you head to Porcupine Plains, a church needs to be planted and established there that will uphold and preach and stand compassionately and passionately upon the truth of God's word. Because it doesn't matter whether you're in Porcupine Plains or in Africa, people still need to hear the life-changing truth of God's Word. Because may I remind you today that the Bible says that God's Word is still powerful. It's not about our planning. It's not about our promotions. It's not about a bus ministry. It's not about what we can, we can conjure up in our organizational ability. What is going to change the world today and what changed the world in Noah's day is somebody took God at his word and simply acted upon it. And that is simple faith. As we continue to build a biblical church, I appreciated the, uh, the, the vows and the statement that was made during the commissioning service. I remember my commissioning service. I was ordained uh, and commissioned, kind of all wrapped together. And I had a number of men come in and, and, and visit, men that I highly respected. And I remember that time. And I see the fruit of their ministry. And we need to continue to build in a way that there is a rejection of worldliness and acceptance of holiness. That there's a rejection of mediocrity and acceptance of faith living. Noah built during difficult times. He also built when the circumstances seemed impossible. Can I give you a third thing today? Elements of Noah's faith. 
A third thing, he built because he believed in the judgment of God. Notice what the Bible says. He says, by faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not as seen yet, and notice these next three words, moved with fear. What was it that garnered the attention of Noah in the instructions and in the word that God had given him concerning the necessity of building the ark? Because he said, I'm going to bring a flood and I'm going to erase this great wickedness that is only evil continually before me. And when Noah knew and understood that judgment was coming, he said, we have got to get to work, church family. Jesus is coming. And there will be a time that those who do not know Jesus Christ will stand at a judgment that the Bible declares as the great white throne judgment. And they will stand there and they will be judged according to their works and they are going to be found where their name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. And the Bible says that there will be a time where they're going to be cast into eternal judgment, uh, into eternal punishment, excuse me. And I don't know what other great motivator there is as we continue at Grace Baptist Church or at Okanagan Valley Baptist Church uh, a, a, a motive and a desire to launch out boldly by faith because my friends there is coming a time where this world will be judged every knee will bow every tongue will confess we don't have a lot of time so we must be busy in the Lord's work why was this ark of such great importance why did Noah need to be busy about the work that God had called him to do despite the difficult nature of the task and despite the fact that he built something that, that was seemingly impossible because Noah understood there was coming a day where God was going to judge and he was moved with fear and the ark that he built was a place of hope. This was a place as this preacher of righteousness declared what was coming. He didn't mince any words. He didn't, he didn't try to be relevant. He said, listen, there's coming a time and judgment is coming, but God has provided an ark for all who would be willing to enter therein. And it was to be built as a place of hope. It was a place of salvation, wasn't it? Sure it was. They could be saved from this that was going on. It was a place of refuge. And what I'm trying to say is our, our time continues to tick. Noah built in obedience to God and God provided a way out. I'm glad today that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. You might be here today and you might say, Pastor Allen, I'm here today. I'm visiting the Grace Baptist Church. I don't know all of you. You all look wonderful this morning. But you might be here today and I'm just visiting. And you know what? I, I, I recognize the fact that we are living in some pretty, pretty difficult days. And, and Pastor Allen, I'm going to be honest with you today. I don't know if judgment were to come if my name truly is written in the Lamb's book of life. He said, but Pastor Allen, I, I don't want to live another day not knowing. I'm glad today the Bible says that these things have been written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. And my friend, you might be here today and you might stand in doubt of God's love for you. The Bible says this, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
He is our place of hope. He is our place of salvation. And as a Christian, he is our place of refuge. And my friend, I'm glad you're here today, but I'm going to tell you something out of a heart of love that there is one day that you will stand before God and you will make an account. But I'm glad today that Jesus Christ came, he died, was buried and rose again, and my sins were judged on Calvary and his blood covered and forgave all of that. And you can stand today forgiven through Jesus Christ. Are you saved? Have you been, as Jesus declared to Nicodemus, born again? I was challenged with this at one time. Someone said, if you're 99% sure, you could be 100% lost. I'm not trying to talk you out of your salvation, but I want you to think about it. Noah was moved with fear, and he built. He preached because he believed in the promise of judgment. He was a preacher of righteousness. 2 Peter 2.5 says that. In 1 Peter 3.20 the Bible goes on to say, which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing. And so for these years, as the ark was preparing, Noah was preaching. You know, my friends, I believe we're in that time and, 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 and it goes by many, many terms, a time of grace, the eight, time of the church. But what I do know is we have time, amen. And we have time to lift up and preach the name of Jesus Christ because there are many among us that still need to hear the life-changing message of the gospel. I want you to notice number four. What was great about Noah's faith? It was a difficult time. It was an impossible time. He built because he believed in judgment. Number four, he built in order to save his family. The Bible goes on, prepared an ark, what? To the saving of his house. Can I just speak to you very briefly? In terms of building and launching out by faith and the testimony that is to your children and to your family. You see, it's my desire at Okanagan Valley Baptist Church not to build a one-generation work. My prayer and my, my heart's desire is to see something built there by the glory of God that would be generational. Noah, when he understood the, the judgment of God, he understood what was coming. He built, he was moved with fear, but he built what? To the saving of his house. Oh, I believe, mom and dad, it's important today that we model faith living. That we don't approach even in our homes living in a way that is contrary to the very thing that pleases God. And what pleases God? Faith pleases God. It's amazing as we gather our children around and we, we say, look at what God has provided. Look at the missionaries we're able to support. And as we build, can I encourage you to do something? Bring your family along with you. Boy, I hope you go home after every service. You go, man, look what God is doing at the Grace Baptist Church. Man, did you, did you see that commissioning service? Hey, hey, one day, uh, uh, Stephen or Titus. Hey, hey, one day, Johnny or Chloe. That could be you being commissioned somewhere to go somewhere in another part of the world and to preach the gospel. I hope you take these moments and they're not just some part of the service, but you would recognize the hand of God. And you'd bring it home from the church house to your house. He was motivated. I want you to see number five. What was an element of Noah's faith? 
was a difficult time. It was an impossible time. He built because he knew judgment was coming. He built to save his own house. Number five, look what the Bible says. By the which he condemned the world. I want you to notice something. I believe Noah, as he launched out in faith, he built as a judgment against the world. What was the ark? Every time someone walked by the ark, what were they reminded of? Noah's preaching. They were reminded that judgment was coming. The whole purpose of having the ark was a visual reminder that judgment was coming and this was the place of safety. You see, the full nature of the ark, the building of the ark, stood as a condemnation to the world. It symbolized really God's wrath towards sin. And more importantly, it pointed out man's sin. I believe today we have such a little impact because we as God's people have tried to become too much like the world in order to reach the world. And what we need today, Brother Galendez, as you launch out at Porcupine Plains and Miss Roman, Grace Baptist Church, Pastor Allen, what the world needs today is a church that will stand in opposition and com but compassionately against the culture of the day, and I've made mention before, as a lighthouse. Pastor White shared with me, he said, you know, I prayed very much over this. Pro I didn't know anything about this 104 property. We were just chatting. I was cutting trees. I had to get back into my, my chainsaw mode yesterday. And so we were doing some tree work, and, and we were just talking. He said, hey, did I tell you about the 104 property? I had no idea. But he said, you know, I really prayed. I go, Lord, why, why is it that you've put this building, this property on my mind? And he said, he actually went back and had to revisit it. And he said, is it because I want to build something to, you know, that everyone would say, hey, there's the Grace Baptist Church. Yeah. That everyone would go by and go, look what they're doing over there. He said, he really, he examined his heart. And the reason why that stood out to me it's because we're not building something that would be for man's glory, but we need to build something that stands as a beacon of God's love and God's righteousness. And church family, that is why we build by faith. May there be a time in Canada once again, you know there was a time in our nation when people drove by the church house and they looked upon the church house with reverence and respect because it stood for something. It stood for the glory of God. It stood for the preaching of the word of God. And I fear today as a nation, people just drive by church buildings as though it was the next vitamin store or the next whatever it might be. But Grace Baptist Church, as you launch out by faith, may we continue to build, whether it be in Vernon or in Saskatchewan, or in Ethiopia, may we build something that is visibly different so that people might see God's glory. It's what I love about the church. It's what I love about the, the wonder and the power and the special place that we play in God's plan to reach our world with the gospel. It was visibly different. It was audibly different. Why? Noah preached. And he declared the word of God. The verse closes that Noah was an heir, an inheritor, by implication a possessor of righteousness. 
by faith. He believed God. He took God at his word and became an heir. And I'm so glad today the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17, but the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. My friend, if you were to die today, heaven forbid, where would you spend eternity? Do you have the absolute assurance that Jesus Christ is not just your solution, but he is your savior? Are you saved? Church family, I don't know where your next step is, but as someone who's, by God's grace, had at least had the ability to look in here. I mean, I remember when you acquired this space. I believe I was in one, I can't remember if it was here, there, or anywhere, but I, I remember doing drywalling, cutting out the, the holes for the light fixtures. And to see where the Grace Baptist Church has come through these many years, you know what? The best is yet to come. But we grasp that wonder, not by your ledger book, not through your great organizational ability. We grasp the glory that is yet to come by faith. You go, Pastor, you have no idea. But I do know this. We serve a great God. And church family, there's some great things in store. But can I encourage you in this? Be reckless by faith as you launch out and oh how exciting it is in another 10 years where you sit back and you declare with boldness and joy this what I see here is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes thank you for watching the message today we invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.